rock and roll. Kia ora, everybody. What's up? It is Rebet. Welcome to Rebet Live. We've for for two people in the in the in the technology landscape. I've extremely managed to stuff this first fifteen minutes up. So my apologies, ladies and gentlemen. Introducing to you EY Entrepreneur of the Year, absolute weapon of all things business and um and all things cool. Uh, Catherine Corridge, how are you? Uh, I'm good. Kia ora. I'm very well, thank you. We made it. We're talking about isolation. We're talking about the fact that you're on the Kapiti Coast. Um, it's probably a, a bit more chill environment than it is right in the middle of Auckland. How's it set up? How's the vibe? How's the family? How's the how's how's the space been for the last couple of weeks for you? Do you know it's been okay? I mean, it's it's um, it's tough times for for everyone globally. But I think if we if we double down and and do what we do best and and try and make the most of the situation, then then there are some positives. So lots of walks, lots of bike rides. I'm pr primary caregiver for my mum at the moment. Um, she's she's on the high the high vulnerable list. So it's a, a real pleasure to be caring for her. And actually, I was pleased that I got um, sort of caught here in a sense in, in the lockdown. When did you when did you make it over? What was because obviously you travel a shit ton to to were you based in London? London uh, or the inside of it? Oxford, just out of Oxford. Got it. Um, my, my brother's just rolled in with his dog, Arlo, who's a well-trained, epic German shepherd slash awesome pup. What's up, Arlo? Oh, lovely. Yeah, what about my dog if I knew we were having dogs at the party? But he's ridiculously well-trained. Well he's, he's, on, he's on point, so it's mellow. Uh, how, how often are you traveling between? What's your, what's your movement? I do about four trips a year between New Zealand and the UK. So we lived in the UK for 13 years came back um, and have been based here for the last year doing the commutes in the other direction. So about four trips a year, I have board meetings in the UK and, and I bookend um, month-long trips with, with board meetings. So yeah. it's, yeah, pretty busy schedule. Um, I guess I'll, I'll start here. How do you think New Zealand will, how do you think, what grade would you give New Zealand as a collective of how, we've navigated our way so far to date compared to other places around the world? How do you feel think, we've gone? Yeah, that's a good question. I think in comparison to other other places around the world, I think we're doing remarkably well. We um, are obviously an island nation, which is a real advantage um, in terms of, of being able to isolate more easily. We, um, we're a smaller population. Again, in another Another positive in terms of that ability to to lock down. We, um, I think we've we've had a really good response from the lead. Well, a really good leadership, actually, not even response. Great leadership from the prime minister and um, and the Ministry of Health. So I think I think from a health perspective, we're we're in really good shape. Um, there are some um, you know some some very difficult moments and some families are, are really going to be suffering right now. But in New Zealand, I think we, we're probably in one of the best places in the world. Timing-wise, it's very clear that they made moves really fast to address the health and safety from the, the medical side first. And then obviously next came the, I guess, the business way of what they were doing for employees. Now they're coming and helping with employers, with the, the banks backing up to 80% of it. There's a whole bunch of things that are happening. When... You, we get to this next phase. How do you 
how do you see this starting to restart again? Like, what are the levers that you'll be looking for that you'd like to see happen first? How, in a dream scenario, do you think this plays out as it starts to come out from a, I guess, four down to zero or whatever it will, will be? What does the timing in, in your head look like or what okay. you think it should be? Yeah. I mean, personally, I would like to see us um, stay stay in lockdown until the, the Ministry of Health and, and the experts are, are absolutely comfortable that, that we're ready to, to leave alert level four. There's a lot going on in the background. So I don't see it as we're in level four, then we, we go into level three. I think that what we're seeing right now is there's this incredible collective energy. There's New Zealanders from all walks of life coming together, having their their meetings by Zoom, by Microsoft Teams, whatever whatever the method is, and actually that creative energy is is bringing lots of innovation to the table. Mm. So I'm involved as as you will be, and and many of us are in in calls and um, meetings every day where the innovation is incredible. So there's two parts, I think, to think about. One is there is a lot of vulnerability in New Zealand at the moment, and we've got a, a government will to address the, the people who are at most need. So the, the challenge we've got is reaching everyone and making sure that, that people don't suffer beyond um, what they need to suffer because they're suffering in silence. So I think the, the collective... Um, public and community response to helping people has been phenomenal as well. So we need to see more of that and we need to see entrepreneurs working with um, with communities and so on. And then you look at the how do we come out of it economically and I think this is a one moment in time opportunity to actually rethink how we've been living, to rethink how we work as organisations and and just look at what are the things we've been talking about the, the planet needing us to address for so long. Inequality, injustice, climate emergency, all of those opportunities are opportunities. They're challenges, but they're opportunities because they're problems to solve. And now's a real opportunity to start thinking about how we solve those problems. Yeah, it's an interesting one that you said the word, you know, like the, the forced innovation type thing that a lot of these businesses have been kind of demanded to execute within minutes and hours, not months and years. And, you know, we were talking with um, a Vic Crone CEO of Callahan uh, a couple of weeks ago now, and she said, you know, it just goes to show that when people actually want to do something, things can move fast, you know, and it, it, it just kind of makes you, it, it's, it's quite, it's almost like the, Governments and corporates and councils have overnight become like startup hustle entrepreneurs <laughs> to create a I speed. love that description. It's great. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it's quite cool because I could tell you can always sense energy from either business or organizations with, with communications and, and action. Yeah. You know, when you're, when you're hustling and you're on the go and shit, you're just like, okay, okay, okay. and then all of a sudden he's like, yep, I'm just going to talk to so-and-so. Yep. Going to knock this out. Yep. Boom, boom. Yep. Go. And then it, the emails are getting shorter calls are getting faster and it's in a weird way like if you're an entrepreneur you understand speed if you're traditionally potentially in a big organization you're probably freaking out to the pace of how everything's happened obviously that it's had to but you know exactly to your point you pray a lot of a lot of these people are going to be sitting at the end of this going why do we need to be so slow why can't we 
there's going to be a lot of why can't we, I think, come out of it, which is actually, I think it's really, it gets me excited when I think when other people are expanding the horizons of what potentially is possible. What do you, when you look at the biggest opportunities for New Zealand coming out the back of this, potentially at a macro, to the world, where do you think New Zealand could play? Like, obviously, it feels like, I mean, we don't want to jump to the gun on the medical side, but it feels that um, from a health perspective, medically, we're pretty far, we're doing quite well, in consider, all things considered. How do you think New Zealand, this plays out, that New Zealand could be louder to the world or where there's potential a mass upside, which gov either governments or big corporates or whatever should potentially look at? Where's the sweet spot? That's a really big question because I think we've got an opportunity to, to showcase a response and showcase it as a really joined up um, whole system thinking response. So if you think about the way that New Zealand has collectively come together right from the, the leadership um, at, at PM level through to the, the leadership actually that's been shown by the opposition as well in terms of really supporting that we're all in this together. And, and there's been some good good appropriate challenge, but the key, the key message outwards has been, we've been working as one country, which I think is really powerful. Like and that. then when, when you blur the boundaries, and you just did it earlier, and I loved the way you, you described that kind of hustle, the entrepreneurial hustle that we're seeing in, in government, in local councils, regional councils. Now, we do need to still maintain that appropriate level of governance so that we know that our, our democracy is working as it should. But when you've got this kind of hustle happening where everyone is saying we're all on the same page, then it's fertile ground for innovation. And that's, I guess that's that's what I see the opportunity is for New Zealand. We are going to need to reinvent our tourism industry, without a doubt. We're going to need to revolutionise um, our communication um, travel networks with the world. So in terms of aviation and cruise and, and so on. Um, sorry, I can see some some sunshine even on, in yeah. on my face right now. Um, and if you think about it, we've got that we've got that opportunity to I, just bring it to life to say, hey, we could be the first country to really look at um, modes of transport that are, are much more uh, sustainable and make that a key part of our tourism strategy. Lots of ideas like that. We can we can start to address some of the issues that we have that are in in the system in New Zealand. Some of the inequalities we've got, and actually say, right, we've got this. We own it. We're going to fix these things. We're not going to keep turning a blind eye or saying that the machine is moving too slowly for us to fix it. We we need to grab hold of them and the partnership of entrepreneurs and policymakers and great health workers and all the people in that ecosystem we can work together in a new way because we've found that we know how to do that yeah it gets you excited when you start to think about how people as a collective approach problems but also i, I just like i i feel for many they've, they've seen a entire entirely new world of the way that business can operate with with um, you know digital systems and process and speed and comms and all the rest of it and like a friend of mine works in the real estate game and he was saying you know all of his you know hundred whatever stuff um, they they've been trying to, he's been trying to get them on Microsoft Teams for 
a year and a half and then all of a sudden within 24 hours have kind of gone down that route that i like the, the, the idea about you know reimagining what could be you know uh, rod drew put an article out in the newsroom talking about a couple of things which he thought would be good for the for new zealand and using it as a i i always have this thought about this idea of moment to movement where it's like a moment happens but then when you use creative thinking and forced how do you turn that moment into a movement because moments happen all the time but there's only a few movements right and that, that's usually because there's either lack of action and strategy and purpose but clearly we're all aligned with with a purpose of something to, to try and make new zealand a better place well there's all these things that are aligning and then you kind of like what does that new momentum for the new world of the new new zealand look like and that's kind of a great um opportunity for you know reimagining what resetting reimagining and then almost redefining who we are and what what we represent to the world that's kind of cool i like that yeah cool. and i think I think a way to maybe look at it is if we're ever told we've only got a limited time on the planet, we see people really bringing up, um, you know, their bucket list and saying, I've got five things on my bucket list. I've got to do it with urgency. And I kind of see that we've got a planet bucket list opportunity. We've got the, the possibility to say, if we all listed the five things that really annoy us, is it injustice? Is it inequality? Is it, um, I don't know, whatever it might be, period poverty, it might be um, the, the entrepreneurial experience, whatever it is, let's pick those five. And I think if we lined all New Zealanders five bucket list for the planet and for people ideas together, we'd be pretty much aligned. So yeah. why don't we all move in the same direction with those? I mean, imagine if we could get 4 million people, 5 million people behind the concept that we do not want injustice in New Zealand anymore. We don't want to have um, what we we know exists as inequality between peoples of our nation. Let's deal with it. So what would you, you get the cast the magical Catherine spell over New Zealand and, and do the little dangles. What would the first thing you'd reimagine for this country would be? What would be the, first off the hit list? The the first off the hit list would be inequality. How so how do we ensure that all New Zealand children and um, all New Zealand families have um, have a, a fair and and kind life? And I mean that's not to say that life is always kind because it, it isn't and and we know that. But how do we actually, as a nation, come together and say all our families will be housed, all our children will go to school and they will have a have that opportunity to achieve whatever is their greatest potential. And, um, and again, that might be really different for different people. I mean, one of the things I've had to um, learn being an entrepreneur who never stops, I never switch off, is actually that not everyone's like that. And in fact, my children are always saying to me, mum, would you just switch off? And and often they'll say, hey, listen, we love you, but we don't want to be you. And I've, <laughs> I've had to realise that, I've had to learn as we do from our kids, but I've had to, I've had to realise that different people have different ways of expressing the energy, but we can still have a collective um, movement in the same yeah. direction. Yeah, I like that. The um, definitely the gears of 
that's why like it's quite funny because exactly the thing the energy of kind of the crazies attract the crazy because you feel like you've found yourself you know like you're just like shit yeah like i was talking to a buddy the other day he was like you know sunday it was 10 at night or some shit whatever and he he's like oh yeah bro it's just like a tuesday for me like it, like there's no concept of what normal or like the, your world morphs differently when you see the world differently you know yeah <laughs> yeah hey so, it does you know? sorry oh, i was just gonna say i, I woke up at 4 a.m and <laughs> kind of no, don't laugh i'm a pretty good sleeper normally no, but, but i woke up you at 4 a.m you had an idea i did and what it was it was an email i'd got yesterday where a friend of mine who i've been working with for years on um she's a she's a researcher in um, infant maternal health care in New Zealand, a fantastic um, GP and researcher. And she's been working for years, um, Dr. Bev Lawton, she's been working for years to try and equalise access to services to all communities. And I woke up at 4am, she sent me an email yesterday and she said, are we going to do this? And that's all she said, are we going to do this? And I read the whole email trail that came before it and it was full of data and full of information about pre-existing inequalities that it, that exist in um in access to services for various communities in new zealand and when i woke up at 4 a.m i was like yes we're going to do this and then i had to i had to take action and i'll tell you a secret i was going to go back to sleep until i remembered i had this interview with you so then i <laughs> Oh, so you've been up since four. Yeah. <laughs> so I've, so yeah, so I'm kind of similar. I always have my phone next to me and every time I always have like stream thoughts, right? And like I'll instantly pop up, write down, boom, knock out. And then I've, I've trying to get more balance into my life. And so one of the things I've decided to do is um, put uh, my phone out in the lounge on charge and not actually have a device with me in the room. And then, so now I've got to put them, like stuff it. I think I need a pen and paper. And then I'm thinking, well, shit, I don't have a light in there, so I'll just, I'll just draw blind. I'll be fine. Because <laughs> after you've got it, you've got to get it out. So maybe I, I was going to ask, because obviously you're, you know, EY entrepreneur, flipping weapon of the year. So mindset around giving it a go, right? You know, I call it taking the leap. There's this, there's this, there's always this mental bridge or barrier. In your experience wins and losses and 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 your approach to the mindset of what it takes to take that leap and jump how do you describe it for someone that doesn't that, that sees you but doesn't get you mm -hmm. okay so the the thing to think about is a lot of people wake up and say i want to be an entrepreneur or i can't be an entrepreneur because i haven't got an idea or i'm not smart enough or whatever it is that that they put in front of themselves as the barrier and my experience of entrepreneurship and also of, of mentoring other entrepreneurs and watching those who are incredibly successful is they actually just had a really good idea and it was an idea they believed in they didn't know whether others would actually believe in it when they first started to nurture that idea but they said hey there's a problem it needs solving i've got an idea of how to solve it and it emerges from there and then people start to believe in you and 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 you become a storyteller i guess to to share that um belief with people and you get to see over time whether that 
um, ideas got legs. And if I think back to when I started Sistock, it was, I never intended to be an entrepreneur. It was the last thing on my mind. I had a, I had a French degree, um, which is a bit of another story. It was so I could go skiing on a Friday. And then I trained as a commercial pilot. And suddenly I'm running this company and thinking, but I don't know anything about business. And what had happened was, was taking the principles of aviation, which is whole system thinking, yeah. that whole understanding of end-to-end processes, training by simulation, so you don't leave anything to chance. You do everything by simulation multiple times before the real thing. And we un- we really think about human factors and how, how decision-making, ha- decision-making happens in the event of an emergency or, or in a on the flight deck. So I was kind of playing with those principles and I was working at the time in the London Stock Exchange because I actually needed to self-fund my flying. In those days, um, the only the only path for a female pilot was to, to believe in yourself and self-fund. So I was doing that. And then one day I just said to my boss in passing, do you know, there's a smarter way of doing this. We were on a big IT project and and it just felt that if we applied the principles of aviation, understanding the end-to-end process, as I said earlier, then we would have much more clarity and structure to what we were doing, and it would happen faster. And it kind of just grew from there. I mean, it it really was, and it was an idea that had some legs, and it grew into a business. And I mean, we're global. We, you know, we we're operating all around the world. And sometimes I pinch myself and say. Did I just talk to someone in Kazakhstan or did I just talk to someone in Mexico and they and they work yeah. in this company? But it's almost as if it's got a life that's so much bigger than me now. It's 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 beyond me because other people believe in it in a way that um that I could never have imagined or dreamed, but I guess it was because it was it it filled a gap. And I think yeah. In New Zealand right now, we have got so many of those opportunities. We've got opportunities to create environmentally friendly, sustainable solutions to some of our really wicked problems. And we've got all this talent out there. And actually, we've got a we've got a government that is saying right now, let's find solutions and and make this happen together. Yeah, it's such a it's a it's a mega link with it because it kind of two parts one i think when you follow the passion first the byproduct is the brand or the 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 optics of what entrepreneurship is opposed to chasing the byproduct of i want the optics of being an entrepreneur but i don't know what i'm going to do yet and one is always snowboarding i i I talk about it a bunch of us i came from the snowboard world is i loved snowboarding i love snowboarding and everything else the travel and the and the parties and the sponsors and the money and the blah and all the cool shit that was the byproduct but there were it was very clear when someone came in chasing the byproduct because they didn't love the thing you know that 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 passion to get up at you know six in the morning and go do whatever or just hike to the you know almost die every day um but the second part i was going to just jump in on there i think you're right is there's this almost feels like there's a, a a government and corporate responsibility slash new direction of where they're going to take all of us they're almost going to be incentivized to to fund this new world they're going to be incentivized to take to take these bolder risks that they always wanted for their business they're going to be more incentivized and, and driven for a bigger purpose not just not just bucks and it feels that kiwis deep deep down even those that exist in the corporate world 
have that earning to do more that isn't just the dollars, but the framework of what they play in is driven for things that potentially aren't what's right in their pure core, maybe from from those that I can you know that I know. And and mate, what a, what a good time to to be use that moment to be brave to go after all those things, yeah. What do you think's holding Kiwis back from all this good shit, right? Like there's now we have a moment. We have billions of dollars that can be coming in the mix to help drive things. We've got people with a million ideas. There's all this great momentum to try and make this new new world. Obviously there's gnarly challenges and all the rest, but but what's that what's holding Kiwis back for the new New Zealand? I think it's a togetherness, a, a real togetherness and in the way that I don't know, maybe it was um, of yesteryear, and I don't mean to, to sort of bring it back to the past, but what I mean by that is we've let our, um, we've let our tall poppy kind of um, belief define entrepreneurs in a way, and yet if I look at all the entrepreneurs that I know and work with, they're seriously good people, and they, you know, they may have done incredibly well on a global stage, but actually, what defines them is the people they were before they were became entrepreneurs and the the things they want to change. So it'd be really fantastic if we could kind of get get that possibility where people say those entrepreneurs are people who actually started out just like me, and I could. I could be one of them and maybe one of them would mentor me. So that's that's one aspect of it. And the other aspect is I think that the people who are living a comfortable life need to um, – gosh, this is I'm going to get told off this saying this oh, out loud, aren't I? Go, but kill them, kill them. I, I think, I think the, the, the people who are leading a comfortable life who aren't looking out beyond their community really need to and yeah that's not that's not bad that's that's real talk it's a perfect example buddy of mine's a new young buck on a big board i said yo how's it going bro like is it like some real shit blah blah he's like man they're not hungry they don't they're, they're too comfortable too complacent and i was like nah bro blah, blah, blah. he's like trust me i've seen them in their eyes life's good they're comfy they, they they're safe it's not it's not that fight to, 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 to change. And I, and then I kind of got kind of gutted for a second because I thought, shit, they're not brave enough to try and go and do. You're not saying anything bad. It, it's, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it's the reality of a lot of us because they get comfy. It gets, it's when they, you get caught slipping. Then the young buck comes up and just goes, goes hard. And that's, you know, what my, my buddy is. What, okay, so maybe on that, what advice would you give leaders now? Like right now? Keep the courage. Keep the courage. Stay with, stay with the lockdown if it's the right thing to do, and 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 let the creative energy keep bubbling in the background. the The key thing is that we make sure through this period of lockdown that that we are identifying who's vulnerable and we're getting help to them. So um, that energy has to has to be um, driven from the top. And I think I think we've got that happening, but we need more of it. And if mm. communities are struggling, they need to be calling out and, you know, even making comments on 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 your live um, yeah. show so that so that we can kind of find out where everyone is. 
but it's keep the courage because if you look around the world, you, um, you're you sitting in the US, um, I have children in the UK, the world's quite a different place out there. And um, I mean, just to give an example, out of my, um, my CISDOC team and um, friends in the UK, over the past weekend, we have um, experienced seven, um, seven people dying as a direct result of COVID-19. Now that's the grandparent generation. It's a, it's, it's a generation that if we don't take care of them and recognize the gift of, of depth in families and, and the, the beauty of all ages in society, you know, we risk losing entire, an entire generation. So, you know, New Zealand does need to, to have leadership courage. I believe we've got it at the moment. And then let's, let's let the collective energy that we've got happening now turn into a real force for good and, and get some, get some repeatability and scalability to what we're doing. So if, for example, we, we come up with a great new way of working in a particular area, let's say in healthcare. We're forced through this um, period of lockdown to find smarter ways to get um, healthcare professionals into communities or um, we've got issues with getting equipment to people. Let's get smarter and get it there. Let's make it happen because the entrepreneurs will work as, as with all business people and the public sector, I, you know, I couldn't single out any any sector of New Zealand at the moment that's that's not pulling their weight. I think we've got an incredible collective energy going on. Yeah, re repeatability and scalability. That's cause one of the things I've been thinking about is at the end of this, I just hope that it doesn't get just fragmentedly aligned and the same thing happened like with charities and shit and you've got a million monkeys doing the same shit and you're like, guys, you're building the same cake 10,000 different times. Like collective approach to, I think communication from it. I, I think it, it feels, I don't think, I, it feels that needs to be almost government led for some big initiatives that people can then gravitate towards. Because if usually when people, the doers don't look to see what else other people are doing. The doers just go and do, you know, there's like stuff, I'm just going to build this thing. Let's go do it. Um, yeah. I just hope that there's, there's a massive collective opportunity to, to, to find better, you know, solutions for the problems which which, which all of it had. had. Yeah, I like know, that repeatable scalability, it's cool. Yeah, well, it's a mantra I live by because if, if you think about the aviation industry, it has it has repeatability and scalability. I mean, obviously the, the planes are grounded right now, but in normal circumstances, it, it moves millions of people around the world and there are millions of aircraft movements in complex machines flown by people with increasing levels of automation. And you couldn't achieve all of that without that repeatability, scalability, and alignment in terms of processes. One of the things that I've been really keen to do um, in, in aviation for some time, and, and which is a space I do play in, is actually say, the great things we've done as an industry, let's use moments so that we can innovate and and actually come up with an industry that's much kinder to the planet and and it's that repeatability scalability find something that works and then lift it shift it and scale it the only thing i think i would i would 
challenge on your um, in, on your summary a moment ago is you said maybe it needs to be big government initiatives. I think it needs to be partnership. I think community has to play a really big role in that. And if you think about, say, a charity, I agree with you, if there are 30 charities doing the same thing in a small, similar area, and you're measuring good actions rather than impact, you may not get the transformation you need. But if you actually do something really well and you're measuring impact, that's the key. Any charity you're involved in, you have to measure um, impact and outcomes, not outputs. You have to measure outcomes. If I set out to reduce um, child sex exploitation or if I set out to reduce... um, harm of any sort in families or to reduce poverty then you have to measure did you have a material did you make a material impact in what you set out to do and I think we don't do enough of that so if we could within the New Zealand context bring our community service delivery partners together and we're all working to the same singing from the same the same book hymn, hymn sheet if you like then we've got much more of an opportunity to really make change happen at community level. Mm. But it's so important we keep the community owning and delivering delivering what's right in the, in the community. So, yeah, it's interesting, right? So how practically how can small pockets with the same alignment get on the same hymn book or the hymn sheet? What does that look like in the real world? Uh, well, there's a technology opportunity, isn't yeah. there? <laughs> no, no, well, no it's, kind of, it's that thing of like once you know, it's like we're in high school and you think about who's going to have what parties on what days. It was like, oh, yeah, no, Steve's party's on the Saturday. It's like, okay, cool. Everyone then goes to the Steve's party. But then when no one knows what's going on, it's like it's a, it's a comms. Shit, you're probably right. There is a, probably some tech thing in there. So if you were to do your entrepreneurial journey again and you're talking about repeatability, scalability, what would you have done if you were to do it again, would you have done it the same journey, the same time because you loved the journey or would you have done it faster, smarter, quicker and had a bigger win faster, but not experience the rest of the journey? Like would you have done the same thing, not to win for the money, to win for the journey? What would you have done? I'm happy with the journey. Yeah, and see that? Yeah, cool. Why? I think, I, why? It's, it's a really... Um, important question to me and I think it's it's top of mind for a lot of entrepreneurs when I when the company started growing and it was clearly gaining momentum and it it was a service that organizations needed I realized I was quite young at the time I realized that I wanted to have children and I looked around for role models who worked in technology digital IT who were maybe 10, 15 years older than me. And I kind of looked around to say, how many kids have they got? What do their families look like? Is their life normal? Or did they give themselves to the job? And I couldn't find really enough role models that made me say, I want to be like those people. So I sat down with my team and said, hey, we've got to, we're going to have to invent a new way of working. And so we did that. And if you look at where we've gone over what's now 33 years, we've got 
you know, incredible leadership. So I'm I'm chairman now. I'm not in a day-to-day role. The company's run by CEOs who are far more competent than I am in, in, um, in their incredible leadership of, of the, you know, the company. They, um, like me, they all, they're mums and we've got mums and dads. And I think the key thing is, I couldn't change anything and I wouldn't want to change anything because we've lived lives authentically. And yeah. And, and often people say to me, could the company be bigger? And yeah, it could probably be 10 times bigger if I'd made different choices and actually it's still got potential to be 10 times bigger. The, The thing you've got to do is you've got to say what, sits comfortably with me as a human being and the people I love and the people in in my orbit and the people in my team, what's doable and realistic for us? And then you live with it. And I guess I've got an incredible husband who often says to me, how much is enough? And it's a really good question because actually I love big numbers in a company, but I don't love them because I have a desperate need for um, personal wealth. I love them because I love the game. I love the chase. I love making a difference. And I think that if you have resources, then you can use those resources for good. So I think everyone has to ask themselves that question, how much is enough? And and that applies to everything you do in life. And, and try and live in a way that you can be the, the most wholesome person you can be. Shit, that was good. I'm going to start calling you Auntie Kath now. That was awesome. <laughs> that was like half like motivational, half mum talk, half like CEO shit. Hell yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> that was a perfect answer too because people have asked uh, me and I've asked, I've talked to other people about it and, and usually the answer is, oh, you know, I do have done this, 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 got there faster, bigger, you know, whatever. But it's it's driven on growth for a flex, which isn't is like not as – Experience is intangible and those things create those moments and those moments are the actual things that, that matter. And, and yeah, yeah, you flip and get it. It's dope. All right. Um, what a good chat. Shit, chat. Yeah. It's been fun. Thank that you. Was, that was mega. Um, really cool. What, so what's on the plan now? Going to hang out, do the fam thing? Do you mean today or in general? Oh, let's, let's say today. Today, I'm going to FaceTime my granddaughter and sing her nursery rhymes. And I sing really badly, by the way, but anyway, she loves it. And then I'm going to go for a bike ride. And then I'm going to go and give my mum lunch. And then I'm going to work. There you go. That's awesome. Thanks so much for your time, Auntie Kath. Appreciate it. That's all right. I'll be Auntie Kath anytime. Man, Auntie Kath's keeping it real. Uh, appreciate it. and congrats on all your um your your amazing success. It's so cool. Like, just the the when you saw no one that looked like you that rolled like you that was in a lane that you then filled up. It's it. I call them breadcrumbs. You put breadcrumbs for other people who are into the same thing. They have never seen anything before, and they see that. And you may never know it, but I can guarantee you, people have seen those breadcrumbs that you've created and actually changed a lot of the tangents of their life with where they could go. I can guarantee I it 100% so. breadcrumbs. And lots of people have done it before me in different ways. So 
for doing your piece. Yeah. Th thanks so much, and I will link up with you soon. Okay. Thanks Cheers. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Auntie Shit, that was good banter. Great. So good. Um, uh, Cyrus uh, Kane says, uh, Kia ora, should we be moving away from charities framework and create an open marketplace for doing good work and give users whānau more say over what they want? That's a great idea. Um, Sarah says, don't mean to push diversity, but it's vital. Uh, please know who you mean when we say we in the same hymn sheet that there are other worldviews. Totally agree. Um, what I think we're 100% going to is the fact that if everyone's on the same page with what we're trying to build as a collective for the new New, new Zealand or whatever it is, it makes a whole lot more sense than, you know, for example, the 14,000 whatever charities when there's, you know, a thousand different double ups for whatever. So, no, good good yarns, good good feedback. A few, few in the mix here, mega. Um, awesome. Auntie Kath, entrepreneur, Google her and all the stuff that she's done. It's pretty amazingly incredible. Uh, enjoy the rest of the day, team. See you soon. Peace.